You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. is that your coach is taking care of your child, that your coach loves your child as a person more than as an athlete. What matters is that the coach is creating a learning environment that's enriching, empowering, inspiring. That's what we're paying for. What matters is that they learn these lessons when it comes to solidarity and leadership and having good life habits. That's why we're having our children play sports. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Project podcast. My guest today is Sky Eddy, founder of Soccer Parenting Association and the Sideline Project, two organizations designed to improve the youth sports experience by providing educational resources on parenting and athlete development. A standout multi-sport athlete, Sky is a former professional soccer player, collegiate and youth All-American goalkeeper, 1993 defensive MVP of the Final Four, and state champion track athlete. Sky and I discuss why coaches should proactively set boundaries with parents, how parents can better regulate their emotions before the card ride home, and the importance of mentorship not only for children, but also adults. Freaking excited. Another awesome guest. We're very, very fortunate to have her on. We go back a little bit of time now. We, we spoke a few years ago. We actually spoke together um, at a conference. I watched her do a keynote. Um, super pumped. She is definitely an advocate in the youth sports space, a former complete stud on the soccer field, a goalkeeper, founder of SoccerParenting.com and many other projects out there. Sky Eddie. Sky, thank you so much for hopping on. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to to our chat here. Well, I appreciate you. And I know, you know, you're very much entrenched in the space. You do a ton of work and push out a lot of content, many resources with soccer parenting. I guess I want to start here. You know, as someone who played at a very, very high level, you coach, you're a sports parent as well. To dig in a little bit and give give the listeners some background, soccerparenting.com. Like, when did you start that? What made you start that? Catch us up here. Sure, absolutely. Well, I uh, I started soccer parenting just sort of as a passion project, a blog, writing here and there as my daughter Callie was coming up in the game playing soccer. Uh, she's now just about ready to graduate from college playing at Emerson up in Boston. Um, so it was a while ago, um, but really just as so many people that are listening uh, can relate to is just feeling stressed and recognizing the fact that collaborative relationships with coaches and parents would be in the best interest of her development and just really just started writing a little bit about that, writing about development, writing about the experiences I was having as a parent, the struggles I was having parenting her, um, a mentality very different than mine, and that led to a lot of stress with she and I. So it really just started as a passion project and it's built into a company that's influencing um, the youth sports space. We're really proud of the, the work we're doing. Um, we have a couple hundred club partners, state associations, leagues. Um, by the time this airs, we will have announced we're just partnering with the Girls Academy. Uh, so really working to get our education platform into the hands of parents because we do believe that education is an essential component of engagement. 
Your story sounds a lot like mine. Uh, this Reform Sports mm-hmm. Project was, you know, birthed as a result of of me kind of, you know, just seeing and from my own experience as a baseball player and then coaching my kids and just seeing the culture and just I had this burning desire that like I, I needed to, to speak or say something or try to just, you know, I did my own due diligence and saw what was out there. Of course, I came across your work. What are some things in particular, like, I guess if you talk about the on the parenting side, you know, things that maybe you saw happening, whether that's in the club culture per se, um, in youth, because you mentioned the word development. That's a big word that we talk about a lot. As a sports parent, what are some things that you thought maybe spawn like, hey, we need to talk about some things that need to be righted in this culture? Yeah, I mean, foundation to our work at Soccer Parenting is this concept of trust. So everything we talk about, and we really do believe that establishing trust is going to be uh, facilitate uh, a lot of the change, the culture change, the behavior change that we really need to see. So I do believe there's a lot of really sincerely uh, well-meaning, well-intentioned, fantastic coaches. There are the vast majority of parents are level-headed parents that are sometimes stressed. And so what was lacking in our youth sports ecosystem is this connection, is this collaboration, is this sense of trust amongst parents and coaches We've never really defined the role adequately of a parent in youth sports and what that means. And so parents really didn't have any agency in the space, in a space in which they have tremendous influence over the experience of their child. And so by developing parent engagement programs, by encouraging coaches to collaborate, encouraging clubs to uh, rethink the role of the parent in the space, um, I think we're making some progress in terms of, uh, you know, giving everybody some much needed perspective uh, and really just by opening the door to parents and giving them appropriate boundaries uh, really helps support the development of players. So what I've found is that we spend way too much time talking about the crazy sports parents. We spend way too much time talking about the coaches that don't have it right. And instead let's amplify the voices. Let's amplify the, um, the, messages of the level-headed parents and of the coaches that are doing tremendous work and that's been our focus i love a lot of the words you're using there the educational piece because if you look at like you mentioned the ecosystem here you know parents certainly have a big say right you know we're we're, we're paying fees right we're transporting our kids we're, we're creating an environment as best we can is to give our kids the opportunity um but at the same time we want to make sure our kids have the best experience, right? So from a coaching aspect, though, you use the word boundary, right? So how do I know as a parent what my, just because I'm paying doesn't mean I can have influence on a lineup or a practice plan or whatever. But at the same time, my voice, like, so how do you create that healthy boundary or I guess, you know, empower coaches and parents to be able to sit down at a table? Or is it all just about communication? Like what's an educational piece that can get people on the same, I guess, playing field? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. Um, so uh, I would say that um, I want to be really very clear because this can be misinterpreted because we all have such strong feelings about experiences that we've had as coaches in working with parents or experiences that we've had as parents with our children in working with coaches. We have deep feelings about this. One, because it's our children and it matters. Or two, because we're a coach and we care passionately about the work that we're doing. And so this stuff matters. And when you get burned, when you have a negative situation, that's what we tend to revert to. 
Um, so I just want to be very, very clear that those negative situations too often happen because we haven't done the work ahead of time to establish very clear boundaries and to establish trust. We haven't worked as coaches to talk um, and engage with parents. Um, and, and I will say that when I'm talking about establishing boundaries, I want to give you some ideas. So absolutely not. Parents should not have any say over the, the starting light up. Parents should not have any say over any tactical decision or have any have any space where having a heated conversation with a coach about a tactical decision that they make during a game or a match, we need to be very clear in setting those boundaries. And so we work with coaches on on setting very clear boundaries and saying the door is open to you when you have a question about your child's level of inspiration. If they've come home from training or after games, after multiple games, and they're not happy and they're thinking they don't want to play anymore, then absolutely the door is open to come talk to me. The door is open to you to come talk to me if you have a question about the game itself. If, let's say, to use soccer as an example, you want some deeper understanding on the difference between a direct or an indirect kick or the offside ball of the game and want some guidance and some education on that, absolutely come and talk to me about that. But the door is closed if you want to come and complain about another player. The door is closed unless it's a bullying type situation that needs to be, you know, drawn attention to. The door is closed if you want to come and talk to me about, um, about, like I said, tactical decisions that I make during the match. And so we just need to be really clear with parents. And actually what we find with all the research around sense of community and sense of community theory, that boundaries are an essential component of feeling a sense of connection. And so parents will actually feel more supported and feel like they have a space that their influence matters when we go out of the way to have what could be some awkward conversations, but really aren't if you go about them correctly, and just setting appropriate boundaries and being very, very clear. The door is open in these situations. The door is closed in these situations. I love this question, and I love this topic because I feel like in so many ways, this could be the make-or-break circumstance, which you know would keep a kid regardless of the sport engaged or, you know, wanting to stay involved versus the latter. And that would be the car ride home from an event, right? So you're talking about creating space and boundaries between coach and and athlete. And it's a very, very, very sensitive subject when someone's going to try to tell me how to be a parent, right? I mean, not just me, but anybody. I think that's a touchy subject that you have to dance around. But I I also think it's one where if I think I know all the answers on how to parent, well, I'm I'm setting myself up as a parent for failure. So I need to be open-minded to this. Mm -hmm. But we're, we're talking about the car ride home, right? That space where, you know, there's so much emotion, so much energy. There's so much passion at times after a match, after a game, after a practice, after a workout, where we can become very critical. We can be the opposite and not say a word like, Do you put out content blogs and such specifically geared to the car ride home and how parents can either, you know, have a positive impact in that in that scenario? There's so many other ways that parents influence the sports experience for their child. And the reason that the car ride home is hard is because we haven't done the back work in educating parents around topics such as autonomy, development, around um, uh, concepts of motivation. And so because parents actually don't have this research-based information, they haven't been educated, they go and they revert, and we, like, believe me, I have not been perfect here, we revert to our emotion. And we revert to the stress that we are feeling during the game. And so it builds up, it builds up, it builds up. Our child is underperforming, we feel. Our child is struggling. Our child isn't paying attention. Our child 
um, gets a, a foul called against them that they shouldn't have and responds incorrectly and not appropriately, whatever happens. Or we get frustrated because we care too much about winning and we care too much about the result. And that's a problem in itself. And so what happens is that we get into the car and all of that emotion comes over. And so it's not so much the car ride home, it's all the work that we need to do ahead of time. It's educating parents on these different topics. Also like parenting strategies. If you're feeling stressed, you know, take five deep breaths before you get in the car, turn the music on, don't ask your child. And the other thing about the car ride home, I just mentioned, is that we know, and you have you have many children, right? I have six, you want some? Because I'll, I'll okay. gladly give them away to you. <laughs> And they're all so different. So to say this is the way to handle the car ride home is impossible because it's situational in nature. Our children are different. Some of our kids like to talk about it. Some of our kids don't. Some of our kids think they like to talk about it. And then they say, yes, we can talk about it. And then you start talking about it and then they shut down. So like like every situation is so different. And so there isn't a right or wrong way. It's just like basic parenting practices. And it's basically... Love your kid and don't care too much about the game. Let all of that stuff sort itself out. And I say this even to the most high-performing players. And then there's going to be some parents that are listening now. It's like, I have to care. Like, my kid wants this. I'm going to be... And they want to talk about it. That's great. But don't care yourself. Care how they feel. But don't let your emotion play into the experience that you're having or the interactions that you're having. Um, You know, we have some good interviews in soccer parenting with... Um, parents of professional players or professional players themselves talking about how their parents, uh, you know, interacted with them. And the the general theme is, um, you know, Christian Posick's dad, Mark, is saying their car ride home was uh, McDonald's or 7-Eleven. That was pretty much his interactions with Christian. <laughs> do you want to get a Slurpee or do you want a Big Mac? <laughs> was pretty much, you know, their post-game conversations, even with Mark being a professional coach. So, you got to let your kids find their space because when we influence too much and we try too hard, that's when it becomes about us. And our children feel that. And that's when they're lacking motivation in the long term. It's like, I love that. It's like being able to inventory, like where, why am I getting, because I think it's normal to feel emotion, right? As a parent, whether you're, you know, you, you get excited for one way or the other, but I think it's knowing, am, am I feeling this because it's about me and my ego? You know what I mean? Like, am I, am I putting mm-hmm. too much of my, yeah. you know, identity onto my yeah. kid's performance? I think we need to stop and actually just say for a second, is it normal to feel emotion like this? (laughs) And we need to actually maybe go back to that. Like, are we caring too much? This is a game that's on a Saturday at two o'clock against a crosstown rival. My child's 14 and I am caring way too much. This is actually not normal. We've normalized it in our society. But, but big picture, this is not normal parent behavior when you're trying to raise a, a normal child. When we return, Sky and I discuss what it means to be a transformational leader and why coaches should seek out mentorship. Welcome back. Where we left off, Sky and I were about to talk about the important lessons that children should learn from playing sports. So I'm going to ask you this, because... We all hear this. We all whatever. And, and we, yes, this is true. Yes, Sky, you're, you're so right. Nick, I love it, man. All your guests, they're spot on, yada, yada, yada. But then my kid wants to play for XYZ club or travel team or whatever. Um, they make the team. Um, they're on this team. But, you know, and I'm paying three grand for four months, whatever the number is, right? It's expensive. So with that said, 
there's a team that's 10 minutes from here that wins all the time. Our team is mediocre at best. Um, Why am I paying this money for my kid to be on a team that sucks, right? I mean, I'm trying to speak it because that's... So, you know, we want something for our... How do we separate the wins? Because for me, listen, I am am a big advocate of, you know, it's not about results. uh, It's about, you know, everything else. Uh, The results happen. uh, We can't focus on performance and all that. Yet, I'm paying... How do we get return on our investment and losing does suck? And some people will argue if we lose, my kid won't want to play anymore because that's not fun. Whereas there's research that's done that winning isn't even what keeps kids playing. Can you get into that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's so many things that just we need to stop with what you're saying. (laughs) Be like, wait, where did that come from? Wait, where did that come from? Because what happens is that these ideas and these narratives just get replayed in our society and they're actually not true. Like, like I survey parents and ask them, how much does winning matter to you? And it doesn't matter to parents either. What matters is that your coach is taking care of your child, that your coach loves your child as a person more than they love them as an athlete. What matters is that the coach is creating a learning environment that's enriching, empowering, inspiring. That's what we want. That's what we're paying for. What matters is that our children feel a deep connection to their teammates, that they learn these lessons that we want them to learn when it comes to solidarity and leadership and being fit and healthy and having good life habits. Like, uh, you know, that's why we're having our children play sports and the whole payment or the not payment, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. But to dive in a little bit deeper into the concept of if they're winning or not, I think what happens, and this is this is a lot of the work that I'm doing when it comes to coach education, is around concepts of emotional intelligence and coaching is having the sense of self-confidence, self-awareness, because losing is hard. And as a coach, when you're losing, if you're not confident, if you haven't had some education around these topics, if you're not really clear on what your why is, and if you're not expressing it very clearly to parents in terms of the influence that you want to have in their lives, of their children, of their families, of the community, if you're not really confident about that, and as a coach, we revert back to the winning and then we get stressed about it. And then it just lends itself to the stressful environment. And so as coaches, you know, we have to lead this space and we have to lead about what's important. And a team that loses repeatedly. I mean, I coached a team two years ago. We lost every game except for at the end of the season. We finally, because we were put in the wrong league. Like the girls just battled every week, but we were playing against teams that were just better than us. There was there is there that was what the, the situation was and then at the end of the season we got put in a tournament we were put in the right level and we i can't even remember now if we i don't know you could read the article we either lost in the final or we won i literally don't remember that's how inconsequential it is to me but uh, the parents were so supportive throughout the whole season as what the concept of the article was because you have to look back and you have to see the development that's happening now you're in a team that's losing the coach is losing it and not holding it together. The kids are falling apart. There's not good leadership. Like then everything falls apart at that point. So really what we're saying is not we need to win. We need good leaders influencing our children is really what we're saying about this. And that's why coaching matters and why coaching education matters and why clubs and leadership within clubs that are influencing the coaches matter. Um, and I do, I will say, I will say something I am very clear about since I started on this path is that this is getting better, that the quality of our coaches, the quality of our leadership, the quality of the education coaches are curious about and receiving 
uh, is, is definitely getting better. Our leadership is getting better in youth sports. So that gives me tremendous hope on the future for our children. But we do have a lot of work to do, and a lot of it is structural in nature, um, meaning like how leagues are formed and, and those types of things. So, you know, there's there's some roadblocks to solving our issues, but uh, we, we're definitely getting better. And, you know, for that, I'm quite optimistic. What's it mean? Because I'll hear, I'll hear it a lot, and I know what it means, but I'd love for you to kind of dig into what it means. The differences between being, because I think what you're talking about uh, with coaching, this is a great, was a great segue, between being a transformational versus being a transactional coach. I often hear people say, early in my career, I was transactional, but then I realized and, and turned into a transformational coach. Can you talk about the differences and, I guess, pros and cons? Well, I will say there's really very few pros of being just a transactional coach. I, mean, <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> we all need to aspire to be transformational. I mean, that's the gift of coaching. That's when all the great things happen. Transformational conversations that we get to have with children, with our families, with our parents. I mean, like that is what makes us walk in the door after a long weekend tournament, sitting down on our couch and having this sense of real just, uh, inspiration or feeling like, you know, great things are happening is what we can become transformational. Um, it, it's, it's really, I, I think this is also changing a little bit. I mean, coaches have a tendency. It has to do, I, I don't like to call it ego. I call it insecurity. I call it lack of, lack of self-awareness because ego is such a negative concept of being that ego filled coach. Like really it's just that young coaches or coaches that are experienced don't have the education and don't have this deeper understanding of themselves. And until they can build their emotional intelligence, until they're willing to go there and to learn these lessons and self-awareness, self-trust, um, social awareness, social management, self-management, you know, until we can start diving into what great coaches look like, um, you know, that's when we transition into being a transformational. I will say I have been so lucky in my coaching career, you know, I'm an active coach. I have my B license with the U.S. Soccer. I'm a coach educator with U.S. Soccer. I worked for over 15 years for Dr. Matnick and Tony DiCicco. I've had some incredible mentors as coaches in my life. I've also had some not great coaches in my life, too, to be able to compare against. But uh, being a transformational coach is something that I believe came really, really easy to me because of the mentorship that I had from the very beginning. And so, you know, if anything, I think in this topic, we can just highlight the need for mentorship and highlight the need for coaches to go uh, a little bit deeper and seeking relationships with people who um, who they respect and who are willing to kind of show them. A lot of times you hear that from coaches when they have children. I don't like highlighting this because I don't want coaches that don't have children to feel like you have to have a child to feel this in order to be transformational. But we have to acknowledge that very often that shift between being transactional and transformational happens when you have a child yourself. And all of a sudden you go, oh, wow, there's no way I could even talk to that child like that anymore. There's no way I could even think about the child that way anymore because now I'm seeing children just differently because I understand uh, that I have this deeper bond with kids being a parent myself. You know, I, I, I look at it transformational versus transactional, kind of like your experience. I've had amazing coaches that I'm still, 
you know, that impact my entire life. And then others where you felt like you were just a player on their team. Um, and I think it's one of those where when I reflect back on it, what are the coaches that I want to, as an adult now, who I still keep in contact with, who I want to ask for advice? You know, who are the ones that looked at me or made me feel like I was, I was more than just an athlete on their team who really dug deep. And ultimately that helped make me want to compete harder. It helped, you know, touch places in my, in my spirit or in my soul, you know, through the way they engage with me that, that made me want to become a better, not just player, baseball player, whatever it was, but become a better person. And, you know, to me, that is what it is. It's, it's getting to know or building a relationship that, that transcends just the sport and really trying to impact your life. And, you know, I know you and I, we can talk about this for a long time. And I agree with you. That is a topic you could spend a lot of time talking on such an important aspect of it. And one of the reasons I coach, but you know, we're coming up on time. I really want people, cause I love your content. I love what you're putting out there. You've do so much work. You have so much influence and you're doing so many amazing things. Where can they find you? What are the best ways to connect with you? Can you kind of just take a few minutes and, and lead people so we can, we can, you know, find the stuff you're putting out there? Absolutely. Um, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate your support there. And um, my website is, I have two, I have two sites. The newest one is the Sideline Project. So the Sideline Project is a uh, educational platform that we've launched across all sport. It is tackling sideline behavior. It's a 15 minute course that parents buy access to, that clubs buy access to for their parents. And the results are really, really exciting. It's an intervention that's working. 60% of parents that take the course say their sideline behavior improved. 40% of parents who take the course say their relationship with their child improved. As a result of taking a 15 minute course, because nobody has taken the time to educate parents, we've given them lollipops, we've, you know, like I said, just stop talking or, you know, whatever it is. But when we could actually get into some research and educate parents, then their behavior will change. Um, and so we're really excited about the Sideline Project. You can find uh, my contact information there. Uh, you can also find my contact information at soccerparenting.com. Um, that is our public-facing site uh, that uh, you'll find a blog and various information uh, related to parent education, coach education, club engagement, um, our education platform is Soccer Parent Resource Center. So this is a, a membership education platform that we've developed. We have around 20,000 members. Clubs are buying access for their parents. And we are deep diving into education. And it's it's all content that's curated specifically for soccer parents related to the body, the mind, the game, the coach club relationship, the next level, whatever that means for your child and parenting itself. So uh, soccerparenting.com or uh, thesidelineproject.com. And then you can um, find me on Twitter at Soccer Parenting. Uh, it's probably the best way. The DMs are open there, but we're also on Instagram. Sky, Eddie, freaking stud soccer parent. I love it. I cannot thank you enough for coming on, Sharon. Go check out her stuff. It's legit. I've heard her speak. She is an absolute boss and she has a heart and uh, she, she practicing what she preaches. So thank you again so much for coming on and sharing, Sky. Oh, thanks so much, Nick, for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for all the great work you're doing in this space as well. That's Sky Eddy, youth sports advocate and founder of Soccer Parenting. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project.